they have employed, quote, specialized and advanced technology to identify camel tampering. Episode title. <laughs> I mean, basically, yeah, we're not going to top that. <laughs> Episode 457. It's a podcast. I'm Mike. And... And I'm Josh. Welcome back, Josh. Thanks for having me again. It's good to see you. We were chatting before I hit the big red button. And, uh... (laughs) Talking about movies, talking about Matrix 4 and uh, John Wick 4 and how they're not coming out on the same day, like apparently they were supposed to, and um, talking about going to movies, and I wondered, uh, Josh, have you seen Ghostbusters Afterlife? I have not yet. I am I'm taking uh, a week off of work for the holidays, and I plan to do some catching up on stuff I had not seen yet, and that is kind of on the short list. Okay. It just occurred to me. Because uh, I went and saw it opening weekend at the theater we were just discussing. <laughs> yeah, and um, and nobody uh, since then has seen it. I'm like, I don't get to talk about about it to anyone. <laughs> I mean, I I've heard so many like good things about it. Like, I have every intention of going to see it. It's just kind of like I've seen the new Bond movie a couple of times. I've been catching up on Marvel stuff. Still need to see the <laughs> new Spider Man. But like, I went to see. <laughs> uh eternals uh last weekend yeah it seems like um it's it's near impossible to stay ahead of the marvel stuff (laughs) there's a lot of it right now also been watching the uh the hawkeye tv show which is incredible yeah um only what uh the last episode hits basically when people will be listening to this oh boy and that's disney disney plus yeah. yeah okay I think I just signed up for that again. I don't remember why. <laughs> oh, the Beatles thing. That's right. Did you watch that? Uh, I I have not. I was never a big Beatles person. Like it, it's one of those things. I I understand why they are important to music history. Just were never <laughs> my thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you're if you're a Beatles fan at all, it's it's uh it's very interesting. Although um. <laughs> Peter Jackson is is responsible, and therefore uh, each movie is two and a half hours long, <laughs> and there's three of them, of course. <laughs> and the first one is just like, um, is anything gonna actually happen? <laughs> it's just two and a half hours of them noodling around on their guitars and piano, and you know, <laughs> figuring out songs and getting in arguments and and having like really uncomfortable moments with Yoko sitting there with them. I'm like, yep, she's annoying me, and I've only been watching this for a half an hour. I can imagine what <laughs> the other three were thinking at the time. I was about to say, yeah, you're you're, you're watching some poor actress who who had to portray Yoko, and like, if it was anything like what's what you're describing, yeah, that doesn't sounds like the uh, the real experience might not have been great. No, no, no. This is this is actual footage of the real thing oh like archival footage yeah yeah they they had like 60 hours of film of them oh wow basically writing and rehearsing the songs for let it be yeah i i did i i always kind of assumed dramatization type situation i didn't realize this was just all based off like actual footage oh of yeah them. yeah i had um i've not heard anybody talk about this i'm the only one who noticed this allison acknowledged that yes, that is what we were seeing. I'm like, am I crazy or am I, or or is this what's happening? But they didn't do a very good job. You think with Peter Jackson, right? There would be no technical flaws with this thing. They did a horrible job. I said they didn't do a very good. They did a horrible job of syncing the film and the and the uh, sound recording up. It's like you're watching it and people's lips are moving and it's like clearly like a half a second off. And yeah, goes, like e- e- even if that's just the like the way it is raw, you think maybe they could have corrected that a little. It's Peter Jackson. 
he can make anything happen on screen. <laughs> well, he can make anything happen when he's working with, um, what is it, Weta? Right. Uh, the name of the effects house, which I can't imagine this would have been their bag. But all you have to do is separate the audio from the video and then sync them back up again. Like, how hard is that? That, well, depending on how it was, like, I don't know what the recording technology of that era was like, but like with some things, it can actually be a lot harder than you think. But still, it seems like they could have paid to get it done. Yeah. But anyway, so we haven't watched part two yet because part one was kind of exhausting. <laughs> need, need a break before delving into the other ones. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so Disney Plus, I've been seeing, that's where I've been seeing the Hawkeye ads. Um, I like Jeremy Renner, so maybe I, I might actually give that one a shot. Even... The, the thing, the thing that's been impressing me most about the show is the show is kind of loosely based on a very particular comic run by a writer named Matt Fraction. Uh, and like Hawkeye in the MCU and Hawkeye in the comics are like two, almost completely different characters other than being archery men at this point. Because okay. like Hawkeye in the comics doesn't have a family, doesn't have a spouse, like just very different points in life. Um, wasn't a spy the way in the one, the one in the MCU is just very, very different places in life. But like the show nails the tone of that comic series as it kind of leans on the fact that like other than the art, like he is a human uh, and on a lot of these fights, he just gets like he'll eventually win, but he takes a lot of bumps before he does win. <laughs> yeah, I've I've kind of mostly given up on Marvel unless something something comes up that I'm really, really interested in. Like, well, as, as I was about to say, Shang-Chi was really good. Um, that's especially what, yeah. if you like martial arts type movies, like just like Shang-Chi might kind of go on my short list of favorites. That's what a uh, regular guest James said a couple of weeks ago. And I think I think I was considering checking that one out, too. Yeah, Eternals has Eternals was only like a couple of months after Shang-Chi and like Eternals is merely good like it is a good movie but it's coming after like to me one of the best ones they've put out so so it kind of like does not compare as favorably i don't know it's just they keep they keep <laughs> it's crazy the pace at which they're pumping out content i mean on the one hand i applaud them <laughs> for the well, sheer it... volume of it but you know on 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 the other other hand, um, yeah, I can't. I don't have time. <laughs> yeah. Well, has like, and it's a volume that at one point I think they has. I know early on in the build in the building of the MCU, they were like very deliberately trying to space things out more than they're doing now. But I will give them credit. Like, even at the more rapid clip recently. Like, it's a very consistent level of quality. Like, even the bad stuff is typically still enjoyable. Like, <laughs> like I, I can't think of any genuine, like, total duds. Yeah. And, like, the TV shows have actually, in particular, been really good because they can kind of expand on some things, but they're still keeping it short enough that, like, they're not making a ton of filler. Like, most of the shows are, like, six to nine episodes. Yeah. They don't go for very many seasons, either. So far, Loki's the only one that's been explicitly given a second season, though that was partially because um, the production got a little split because of, uh, of COVID. Um, there were more episodes planned that they weren't able to get done. Uh, so, so they kind of like polished up what they had, released it, and then announced the season two at the end of the last episode. What's the what series has run the longest? Is it Agents of Shield? Oh, like of the ABC stuff, yeah. Though I think they're still kind of like the Netflix and the ABC shows occupy this weird space where they may or may not be canonical to the MCU oh. anymore. Like I think that's kind of like open to interpretation right now okay. um, until stuff is brought back because. As I know with the 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 non Marvel Studios TV shows, they always had the policy of they could reference the movies, but the movies would never reference the shows. Um, but now that everything's been brought in 
in-house, that is no longer the case. Yeah, so no more... Um... <laughs> I was going to say no more snarky comments from Deadpool, but I need to append that with about the, <laughs> about the fact that there are two different studios involved. <laughs> uh, well, I, yeah, I was about to say right right now it's hit the point where most things are in-house except for anything Spider-Man related, which is still has Sony involved. Oh, is it? Okay. Yep. I guess. I, yeah, I did know that. Okay. I thought it had like all di- like Disney's writing. Uh, yeah, Disney's writing a lot of the checks for that stuff, or writing a lot of checks for that stuff. But like for the most part, like Sony's doing the work, um, like with the stuff like Venom and and Spider Man, and uh, I guess Morbius, which is coming out soon. I was just looking up Deadpool three because I had heard that it was happening, but I hadn't heard anything since then. It says I don't think I don't think it's been officially announced, but I know. Like it's been talked about, and I know there was the discussion of would Disney allow like Deadpool to continue to be rated R, which I think they've tentatively said like, yes, it can stay rated R. That's good. I guess he said uh, he said they're plugging away at it and has a tentative release date of May 5th, 2023. Yikes. I, I wonder if that's dependent on them figuring out, like, now that X-Men are in-house again, like, figuring out, like, how they're going to handle that introduction. Yeah. I guess he probably will make a joke about, oh, we get to have the X-Men in the movie now. How how fantastic is that? <laughs> We're only limited by budget now instead of lawyers. <laughs> but he shouldn't be limited by budget either at this point. Yeah, one one thing I'm really curious about is there there's a rumored casting going around for the MCU version of the Fantastic Four, and the the aspect of that that assuming there's any truth to it, the aspect of that rumored casting that interests me most that um, the actor that plays Dennis on Always Sunny uh, is is rumored to be the one playing Reed Richards, which is kind of perfect because. Like a lot of the smart guys in the Marvel comics are assholes, um, <laughs> to put it nicely. Uh, like they would be villains if they weren't technically doing stuff with the good guys. Glenn Howerton. Glenn Howerton. Yeah, I, I was blanking on the actor's name. Yeah, that's a show that I never, never watched, never got into that I should have <laughs> hear nothing but good things about it all the time. Is it still going I, I, on? Yep, still going on. They're still making new stuff. That's awesome. Um, yeah, because I, I keep it keeps coming up. It's I very much enjoy it. I I I think you would probably like it. I think I would. Yeah. Based on the impression I've gotten of your taste through talking with you on this podcast, you know, whenever whenever it came out, I was full. My schedule was full. <laughs> I didn't have room for another show. Yeah, the the way and, and I say this as someone like. I don't know if it was an age thing or what, but like Seinfeld largely passed me by, but I've always heard Always Sunny kind of described as it's Seinfeld where like everyone is terrible people, but in Always Sunny, they actually face consequences for their actions. (laughs) Instead, uh, unlike Seinfeld, where uh, they, they never really faced any real consequences until the very end. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Whereas in Always Sunny, that like everything seems to go wrong for them every episode. Well, I I will try to make a concerted effort to check that out. Do I have to subscribe to another streaming service to go back and watch that from the beginning? That um, might, that might be I I mean, I factor. I don't know what else it might be on, <laughs> but I know like Hulu's the main Hulu place has I've FX. been watching it. Yeah. All right. Let's see. Do you want to listen to and discuss some news items? Sure. Dateline, Saudi Arabia. (laughs) Listen carefully. More than 40 camels have been disqualified from a Saudi Arabian beauty competition. Would you like me to read that again? Okay. <laughs> More than 40 camels. That would be the 
Desert Dwelling Dromedary. Ooh. Alliteration? Triple word score? Camels are disqualified from a beauty competition. <laughs> After organizers banned Botox injections and other cosmetic changes. What? The King Abdulaziz Camel Festival, real thing, began earlier this month in the desert, northeast of Riyadh. It welcomes the world's most beautiful camel to compete for 50 million pounds in prize money. <sighs> they determine the winner by the shape of the camel's heads, necks, humps, their clothing, and their postures. Hmm, no makeup or jewelry? Botox treatments, facelifts, and other artificial enhancements to make the camels more appealing are beyond the pale. I, I, I'm sorry, cosmetic <laughs> procedures on camels? Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> sure, why not? Let's see. Authorities revealed this year that dozens of camel breeders had stretched the camel's lips and noses, used hormones to strengthen muscles, injected Botox into their heads and lips to make them bigger. But Botox got rid of wrinkles. Then they inflated body parts with rubber bands, not sure how that works, and used fillers to relax their features. I think they have Botox and fillers backwards, because fillers is what makes things all plump and big, and Botox is the thing that relaxes their features. Anyway. Yeah. So they've made this illegal, but they have employed, quote, specialized and advanced technology to identify camel tampering episode title <laughs> i mean basically yeah we're not gonna top that <laughs> oh man well anyway so this this article i found within minutes of ending last week's recording and i was so mad because now we're over a week behind on this but um you, you had to sit on it for an entire week <laughs> Yeah. And uh well it got me it got me thinking, wait a minute. So <laughs> plastic surgery is is outlawed in camel beauty pageants. What about human beauty pageants? So I did I did a shallow dive, a very shallow dive, not not a deep dive, a shallow dive while sitting on the toilet. <laughs> and I couldn't really come up with anything telling me that that uh that stuff is uh it might be it might be frowned upon but apparently it happens all the time with uh with pe people pageants and the the uh newest thing that i could find is from 2019 and it's uh, like a a tell all kind of exposé article by a former pageant contestant who uh talked about how they they <laughs> basically they unofficially uh condone it that, that ba basically, even if they think it's going on, they're not going to dig too deeply. It's not, yeah, it's not against, and there's no rules against it, and there's not even guidance, like, don't do it. Let's see, this this contestant was, had won, like, some regional thing and was going on to the national thing, and says she's meeting with her new pageant director to discuss her upcoming training schedule when the topic quickly shifted to plastic surgery. Quote, the very first thing he told me was that I needed a nose job and a breast reduction. That's when I began to ask myself what I was willing to do and how far I would go in the world of pageants. Uh, she went through with it, both of them, and regrets it. To sum that up. but Yeah, isn't that crazy? So, like, <laughs> the camel beauty pageant. They're not allowed to do anything to alter the camels. No unnatural camel alterations allowed. But... <laughs> Miss USA, Miss America, whatever, you know, go for it. In fact, here we'll pay we'll pay you. <laughs> we'll pay the plastic surgeon for you. That's crazy, right? Like in general, like everything I've heard about the world of pageants like makes it just in general seem like a very unpleasant space. I I'll say this, I'm not surprised to learn this about it. But it really isn't something I'd ever thought about until I read that article about the camel pageant. <laughs> Would you like some good news? <laughs> Please. <laughs> this is uh, science news. Science! Scientists uh, have discovered a potential, asterisk, 
cause of Alzheimer's. New University of California Riverside research points to brain cells slowing ability to clean themselves as the likely cause of unhealthy brain buildup. Along with signs of dementia, outward signs, doctors make a definitive Alzheimer's diagnosis if they find a combination of two things in the brain. Amyloid plaques, which is what we've we've heard about before, right? Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and something called neuro f- <laughs> neurofibrillary tangles. So your brain hair <laughs> gets all knotted if you don't comb it regularly. <laughs> Uh, the tangles are mostly made of a protein called tau, T-A-U. UC Riverside chemistry professor Ryan Julian says roughly 20% of people have the plaques, but no signs of dementia. This makes it seem as though the plaques themselves are not the cause. For this reason, Julian and his colleagues investigated understudied aspects of tau protein. They wanted to understand whether a close examination of tau could reveal more about the mechanism behind the plaques and tangles. Let's see. The researchers scanned all the proteins in donated brain samples. Those with brain buildup but no dementia had normal tau, while a opposite-handed form of tau was found in those who developed plaques or tangles as well as dementia. Okay, so... Amino acids that make up proteins can either be right-handed or left-handed isomers. Chirality. Yep, I remember my organic chemistry. I don't remember anything from school. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm a chemical engineer, so I have to retain at least some of it. Oh, well, there you go. See, that makes sense. So, yeah. So, uh, there you go. They they think that it's the, uh, it's this tau thing gets flipped the thing you said (laughs) yeah it 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 does all it does always make me glad that when they find something new has like i i am north of 40 at this point and dementia runs in the family Uh, so yeah yeah same here i i i I would love for them to get this like i remember i think it was i remember a few years ago when they found a connection between poor dental health and um and alzheimer's oh yeah like what specifically? I can't remember what the exact connection was. It's just statistically there seemed to be this weird oh, okay. connection that they couldn't like they couldn't fully explain it. It was just like, oh, there's this correlation here for some reason. What does that mean? Poor dental health, like gum disease? I, I it's been a while since I've read it, so I can't mm. remember all the details. Like I said, this was like maybe three years ago, mm. I want to say I, I, I would have I, to, to. Yeah, I think I think dig it up again. I'm worried now because, uh, you know, also 40 also runs in the family and I've got this like extra cold sensitivity going on in, in, in my, uh, back, large my, my study back teeth and I need to get gum checked. disease with dementia. Oh, there you go. I was right. So, so <laughs> gum disease, like bacteria specifically. Yeah. Okay. My gums are good. So yay. <laughs> yay for me. But, uh, yeah, so that's good. That's good news, right? Like I said, def- definitely invested in them figuring this stuff out. Let's see. Um, how about cat news? You got a cat there with you, right? At least one. Well, uh, she, she just abandoned me, but yeah, she's been (laughs) hanging out for most of the recording so far. Have you, have you heard about Sarge, the special needs cat in Aiken, South Carolina? I have not. (laughs) Let's see. Sarge has a severe case of cerebellar hypoplasia. A developmental condition where the cerebellum fails to develop properly. Part of the brain that controls motor skills, balance, and coordination. So, basically, Sarge can't walk or stand. Yeah, but, uh, like it can, uh, like that I'm familiar with just because of some, some cat accounts on TikTok. It's, they, it, what, severity varies, but, like, they tend to be very wobbly. Um, but, apparently, it doesn't cause them, like, any pain right. or anything of that right. nature. As long as they're sitting or laying down they're fine see sarge's owner michelle donlick says that despite the disorder uh sarge is incredibly social and loves people so she came up with a way for sarge to meet new people and see the world by taking sarge on field trips in a see-through backpack and of course this has gone viral sarge walking around and it's like a it looks like a regular backpack but it's got a big plastic bubble on the back of it and that's where Sarge yeah, that, hangs out and it's got air yeah, holes 
Yeah, those cat backpacks have been a thing mm -hmm. uh, for a little bit anyway. I've seen them before. Yeah, she just bought it. says she bought it on Amazon. And yeah, some of the less severe cases, like they can walk and even run just reasonably well. They're just very wobbly while doing so. Yeah, she's she's going to get two more backpacks so the other special needs cats at the sanctuary can join in on the fun. That is the Avalo Cat Sanctuary in Aiken, South Carolina. 16-acre property is home to 353 cats, many of which have special needs. So far, Sarge has visited the famed Charleston Market, restaurants at Shem Creek, and a beach at nearby Sullivan's Island. Living the high life there in, uh, on mm -hmm. the coast, right? Yes, that sounds like a decent life. One of the other cats that uh, is getting a backpack is Akimbo, a Bengal. Do you know what a Bengal cat is? Um, I, I've heard the term. It's just I'm so unused to thinking about cats in terms of breed. Right. Uh, yeah. Domestic short hair. Right. That's the breed. <laughs> domestic. It, like, like you have short hair and long hair and the hairless. Yeah. Like, like those are the breeds I'm familiar with. Maine Coon. I've never met one in person or have I? No, that's not true. I think I, 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 think I know somebody with a Maine Coon. I was about to say, I have not, to my knowledge, met one. Um, Siamese, there's that. Yeah, that's all I can think of. <laughs> yeah, Akimbo, who is paralyzed after falling nine stories from a high-rise. That, that had to have taken off one of the, the nine lives, right? I mean, multiple, I would think. <laughs> uh, and the other one is Rita, a tortoise shell who had her leg amputated after she got run over by a car. My parents have a tortoiseshell that's missing a leg, and most of its tail, but hers was eaten off by something when she was a kitten. They were wild in a barn or something. My parents rescued her and her brother, and they, they're st they still have them. They're 14 now. Yeah, my um, my former roommate's old man cat, like, he's not missing the whole leg. He's missing... Most of a paw, though, is one of the reasons like she was able to adopt him in the first place is uh, like he was part of a litter of basically like feral cats that lived on the property. And he tried to follow her mom inside and got his paw slammed in the door because she didn't know he was there. Oh, but because of that, he got adopted and he lives a very good life <laughs> <Yeah>. now. <laughs> yep, that's that's what my uh, parents cats got going on spend all day laying in front of the fireplace okay back to uh douchebag celebrity news <laughs> care to guess where this is going not sure uh he played batman one of the yeah i just batman. got distracted by something that crossed one of my feeds apparently dreamworks is doing a um a, a an anthropomorphic animal version of Lupin the Third called Lupin the Third. <laughs> F U R R E D. Yeah, I I just got very distracted <laughs> by this thing. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. That's there's another show that um that I wanted to watch and couldn't make happen. <laughs> Still on the list. Plus, there's so many are the Netflix Lupin or like the original, or like the anime Lupin the Third. <laughs> yeah, no, um, Ben Affleck. Did you hear about this? Oh, the uh, the Howard thing Stern. he said about his. Uh, yeah, I think I know about this. Yeah, so so uh, he used to be married to Jennifer Garner. We all know from Alias and Capital One credit card commercials. Um. And uh, he went on Howard Stern and said that uh, basically blamed her for everything that went wrong with their marriage and his alcoholism. But but then a bunch of people didn't like that because uh, a he's being a dick and and b he was already an alcoholic. I was about to say I thought that was a known <laughs> issue with him before that relationship. Right. That's why everybody's calling him out. Like, hey, dummy. <laughs> <laughs> he he was hoping people would conveniently forget that, I guess. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, uh 
so yeah, he's a douche, but uh, you know, in his in his defense, she does kind of have an annoying voice, right? What's in your wallet? What's in your wallet? What's in your wallet? What's in your wallet? I hear those commercials all day long on the radio, and uh, I have an, an ounce, not even an ounce, I have a gram, I have a gram of under, understanding for the situation in general. What's in your wallet? But uh, but yeah, no, Ben, uh, Ben, you're a dick. Oh, and, and I'm sorry, I misunderstood what I was seeing about that movie. It's called The Bad Guys about a thieving crew, and I was seeing someone make the joke, Lupin the Third. Oh, that's oh, that's so good though. <laughs> that is that needs to be a thing, and until it is a real thing, we're gonna blame Ben Affleck. <laughs> it's all his fault. It's all your fault. You, you stinky foot sticking in your big, dumb, southy mouth douchebag moron. <laughs> Go back to doing Jay and Silent Bob movies. He's probably apologized <laughs> by now, but I don't have that in this article. <laughs> and finally, news from small town Wisconsin. There was a very large and fatal car crash that sounds like it was uh it was one of these uh there was a a snowstorm and fog so whiteout conditions and uh people were stopped at a train crossing and um the other cars coming down the road didn't see them stopped and big giant pile up big giant pile up so big that it pushed the cars at the front into the train Causing it to derail. This is like the kind of kind of thing you see on in movies. This is I'm thinking of that scene in The Fugitive, right? Yeah, a little bit with the with the bus and the train, and uh, yeah, except with snow because I th- well I think it was winter in that, but it wasn't snowing. So that with snow, but um, m- most importantly, this occurred in the town of Pound. That's right, Pound Town. As previously heard on Nerdburger. It's back in the news. That's crazy, though. Two dump trucks, an empty logging truck. Well, thank God. No, no logs were hurt in this tragedy. A box truck and other vehicles. Yeah, some vehicles were pushed into the train and knocked it off the tracks. Yikes. And it's already cleaned up. <laughs> That's 40 miles north of Green Bay, in case you were wondering. Yeah, we've talked about Pound Town before. It's literally the, the, the town of Pound. That's, that's its name. <laughs> so you mean Pound Town, right? <laughs> and, and of course, that, that just has my brain thinking about there is a town or a city or whatever in Pennsylvania called Intercourse, Pennsylvania. Oh. Uh, and, and there was a long-running gag in, uh, I think it was Cable and Deadpool, that comic series, <laughs> of Deadpool wanting to go there and everyone telling him it's it's not as interesting as you're hoping. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, in, in Pound Town, the trains aren't supposed to derail. They're supposed to go through tunnels all the time, right? There, there shouldn't be any opportunity for cars crossing the tracks it should just be trains and tunnels non-stop in pound town anyway moving along <laughs> that's it for news <laughs> so josh you got some new kit i i lucked into a ps5 yay um, Finally. current yeah, current roommate who knew I had been looking to either get the PS4 Pro or a PS5 works um, as a, a product rep. You know, one of these people who who works for a company and goes into stores and like faces their products and answers questions and that sort of thing. Um, and she she is assigned a specific store that is a Best Buy and apparently like one of the employees casually mentioned one day, it's like, hey, we've got some 
some PS5s in the back ready to go. And she knew I had been looking uh, and like, I just get this frantic text and it's like, (laughs) Hey, you want me to grab one of these for you? And I was like, yes, absolutely. Nice. Inside connections. Yep. Yep. That her, her going to these kinds of electronic stores has definitely worked in my favor a couple of times, but this is definitely the best moment ever. (laughs) And and also I was able to just get the system. It's not like, has every time uh, GameStop does one of their drops of new hardware, they always tie it to like these big bundles of extra stuff that I don't always want. Yeah. I, I picked up like a couple of PS5 games for it since there was a lot of stuff on sale for like half price. And one of the ones I picked up was the that I have already pretty much played to completion uh, was the PS5 version of this game called Ghost of Tsushima um, by the developer Sucker Punch, who their previous stuff was uh, Sly Cooper about like a thieving fo- uh, thieving raccoon. Uh, and, and they also did this kind of superhero series called Infamous, um, you know, with superpowered people. But Ghost of Tsushima is kind of like an open world uh, game set during one of the attempted Mongol invasions of Japan. Uh, set on the real island of Tsushima, like, and apparently the um, the local government over Tsushima was like has been so happy with the attention the game has brought. They named the creative he- directors on the game, like uh, tourism ambassadors. Oh. <laughs> nice. What, uh, what time period uh, historically is that? Uh, first, let me double check. I don't want to get the year completely wrong. First Mongol invasion of Japan uh, invasion of Tsushima was approximately november to 1274 whoa uh and so the general story is you're like one of the one of very few samurai that survive like the initial fight uh and you know while you you have to come up with a way to fight back that uh, eventually leads to him doing some very unsamurai like things that creates tension between him and, you know, the other samurai nobles. What are un-samurai-like things that you have to do? Uh, stealth tactics. There's a mass poisoning incident. Uh, <laughs> all, all that run very counter to, to the conception of honor that would have been held at that time. Uh, and, and like you, you can do it to varying degrees. Like you get a bunch of like combat abilities and also things that enhance your stealth. Uh, and then you get like you eventually get this. These uh, they're called ghost weapons, but a lot of them will be waste uh, based on stuff the Mongols use that the Japanese generally wouldn't have used, like gunpowder, uh, like bombs and whatnot. Like one of the tools you get is a sticky bomb, which is just like an explosive coated with a little bit of tar so you can throw it at enemies, <laughs> light it, throw it at enemies, and it sticks to them and then goes off. <laughs> so instead of tartan feather, tartan exploded. Yeah, basically. And, and like you can get upgrades to it that make the explosion bigger to do like collateral damage to any other enemies around, uh, that that sort of thing. But like it, it, it's a big open world type game, so like it, it's a mix of taking out Mongol outposts, uh, trying to visit various shrines that like if you can get to them, give you upgrades for the character to either like these charms that enhance your stealth abilities or your combat abilities, like different armors and weapons. And like it's a fairly like I the the game map is pretty accurate to like how the island the real life island of Tsushima actually looks. Um and, and it's kind of the game split into three acts, which each act uh kind of focuses on a different portion of the island until you like have the whole thing in the last act. 
and and they give you a horse to kind of travel the world that you you end up getting kind of attached to uh so of course they threaten it at many opportunities (laughs) don't kill the horse yeah it kind of gave me flashbacks to there there's a game called shadow of the colossus where you have this horse that's kind of like the only other living thing you see for a lot of the game uh and and there is a moment towards the end of the game where you do lose the horse and like because of the relationship that gets built up it's like one of the most heartbreaking things i've ever seen so how um how far have you gotten um i've so the the ps5 version is specifically the director's cut version which added like an extra basically an extra island area like kind of off of tsushima that you go to to deal with like another portion of the invasion um i finished like the main storyline that was in the original game like i just finished it like a week ago i think and it's they like open world games so lots of different activities like i said there was the various shrines there's uh, later in the game there's this group of uh samurai that are a group of ronin that turn that that kind of end up working for the enemy and you there's a series of duels you have with uh members of that group that you can find in like dueling rings scattered around the map uh and that like each section of the map like each act like you'll have like five or six kind of important outposts that the mongols control that you can take back and then when you take those back it gives you a lot of information on other stuff hidden in the immediate vicinity so so kind of kind of typical like open world game type stuff but like just very pretty and very well done and paced yeah i'm looking at a map and there's a very small island it's looks like it's closer to south korea than to main mainland japan like what you well can see. And, and like <laughs> just quickly reading about the tsushima like historical invasion uh and, and it looks like uh i guess the mongols invaded from uh korea i would and think so trying, yeah and trying to use tsushima as like a stepping stone yep. to the rest of japan yeah hey just think of like mongols riding on horseback and stuff i didn't never pictured them in boats <laughs> i mean given the degree to which they expanded at one point they they would have had to gain some maritime knowledge yeah. cool I was, I was looking it up because um, I was like, is that where sushi comes from? But it's not even, it's spelled with a T, T-S. Yeah, yeah. Tsushima. But yeah, I was trying to see if there was, because I know the main addition in the director's cut was, uh, it's this extra island called uh, Iki, I-K-I Island, uh, that, that introduces some new enemy types and was definitely made to be done after the main game has... Like I, I started it the other day, and the enemies on the the extra island are really tough. Like, as you have assassination moves that you use throughout the game that 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 will immediately kill most enemies. Uh, most a lot of the enemies I've encountered on the new island can actually survive uh, assassination attacks. Like, it still does a lot of damage to them, but it doesn't kill them in one like it does most enemies. This says that there's um a film adaptation in development. Yeah, I I noticed that. I'm kind of I think that could be really good depending on who's involved. I didn't uh Chad Stahelski. Oh, isn't he one of the Yeah, he's John Wick. He's the director of the John Wick movies. Oh wow. So yeah, that could be interesting. That could be really good, yeah. He is also apparently directing a new highlander movie (laughs) as as i'm looking at at the list of his films like his only directorial credits are the john wick movies and then upcoming ghost of tsushima and something highlander i don't know if it's yeah it's apparently supposed to be a reboot i could be down for that do you think the uh the 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 Spaniard in Highlander will will have a Spanish accent this time. <laughs> we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll maybe be uh, <laughs> not not Sean Connery heavy brogue accent. 
Oh, I'm going to miss that. I'm going to miss his ever-present Scottish accent and everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll be really curious with the new Highlander, like, if it's a reboot, like, are they just going to, are they going to keep it relatively, like, keep elements from the original, like, the first movie story? Like, I wonder, like, how extensive a rebooting it's going to be. You just, uh, you just sparked a uh, thought in, in my brain area. <laughs> have you seen the new Dune? I have. What'd you think? I very much enjoyed it. I, I will admit I am not someone who is really into Frank Herbert's books. Um, yeah, but like, either. I've seen all the other adaptations of the story and this definitely like definitely compared to the other a- adaptations this felt like the better constructed thing yeah i was kind of a well, i'm a big fan of uh denis villeneuve the director so i was going to watch it regardless just cuz he did it and i had never seen the original dune the uh, the david lynch version da- right right <laughs> yeah two completely different treatments of the same source material <laughs> very very (laughs) because i watched i watched new dune right and then it just ends in the middle of the story and allison and i are looking at each other like wait there's a part two (laughs) crap and the thing is part two didn't get announced until after part one came out but oh it is uh, announced now because because when i looked it up it wasn't even uh yeah yeah, it, they have announced part two, but like Villeneuve said off the bat that like if they forced him to squeeze it all into one movie, he wouldn't do it. Yeah, is my understanding. So I, I went back after seeing the new one, I went back and watched the David Lynch movie up to the point in the David Lynch movie where the new movie stops. <laughs> and then I turned it off. But man, talk about your heavy-handed exposition in the beginning. Good Lord, David Lynch. <laughs> I did not expect that coming from him. <laughs> it does, Yeah, that does seem weird for him. Because, yeah, like, I remember the David Lynch movie. I remember the sci-fi uh, miniseries that, that I enjoyed. Which one was um, that? I can't remember who Hall was in it because it was like a sci-fi miniseries. So like a lot of actors, people were not necessarily familiar with. This is the the, the network. Yeah, yeah. Back when it was still uh, sci-fi and not you know S F Y F Y. Yeah. Did you see that that uh, miniseries for Dune on Siffy? Yeah. Sounds like a network for. And I mean, the the upside to the miniseries was they were able to expand on things a whole lot more than the David Lynch movie did. (laughs) William Hurt and no one else I've heard of. Yeah, William Hurt was like the only like significant name they had, as I recall. From 2000. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, he was Duke Leto, you know, the the one that is not there for very long. (laughs) Well, he has a he has a big role in like the first third of, of, of yeah. the story. Three episodes worth of the miniseries, I believe. Okay, but yeah, that that shocked me, you know. And it's you can't really criticize special effects from what was that nineteen eighty two eighty three, and compare them to twenty twenty one special effects. That's just unfair. But <laughs> but uh. I was expecting that. I was expecting it to be a little bit cheesy. But my God, like, what what Villeneuve was able to do to tell me what was happening in that story with just mostly visual elements, right? And and the dialogue, of like limited dialogue, compared with what, what David Lynch had going on. <laughs> like, beating me over the head with exposition. In that first, like, ten minutes. I I will say, like, the one thing David Lynch did that kind of has stuck around for the other adaptations is he ended up kind of defining what people thought still suits looked like. Yeah. Like, like that was the one element of his adaptation that really kind of sticks around, has, like... 
I believe the miniseries still suits like heavily kind of evoked that imagery. And then like I, I could immediately kind of see some of the similarities between new dunes still suits and the Lynch still suits. I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember and I didn't notice it, which means that they were probably close if I didn't notice it. But like the, who's the, um, the bad guy. Harkonnen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, in, it's just in, in original Dune, it's just so silly. Like his, his suit inflates and that's how he rises to the ceiling. <laughs> like he's a balloon. <laughs> he's like compared with, uh, with, uh, Oh, what's his name? Skarsgård. I mean, he's like, okay, take Marlon Brando in Apocalypse Now and make him twice the size. <laughs> and he flies. <laughs> I actually didn't realize uh, that was Skarsgård watching the, the new movie. Oh, yeah. Just because of how much younger he looks. Because, because of how, like, bas- basically the fat suit and the fat makeup. Yeah. What's well, like it's not it's it's like fat and muscle though, like he's a really big guy. Yeah, he, he's big in the kingpin sense where he's not like big, fat, and helpless. Like there's a th- th- there's some useful mass yeah. in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that useful mass. Well, his like Kingpin is like when he actually does fight is like one of the better fighters in the Marvel Comics universe. I'm not familiar with Kingpin. Hang on. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who was the actor? Uh the the the, ne- the Kingpin actor is the current the... one. Oh, Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah, yeah. That's appropriate. <laughs> did, did you ever watch him in uh whatever Law and Order? Was that Criminal Intent? Uh, I was the the only of those procedurals I ever got big into at any point was NCIS. I think uh, that that uh, one uh, kind of passed me by. Yeah, Allison and I refer refer to him as the big guy because he that that show starts out he was still kind of not skinny but skinnier, like his head hadn't melded in with his shoulders yet. <laughs> but that happens like he gets you know, older and like gets a giant head and neck and, and just gains more weight as that series goes on so that by the end, he doesn't look anything like he did in the beginning. He's in uh, I just, I watched um JFK again because it's on HBO max and I was bored and um he's in that. He's like one of the, he's one of the, he's like a young father that happened to be standing near the grassy knoll that gets interviewed. Like oh, I'm talking about the shots coming from the from over the picket fence, and it's like, holy crap, that's Vincent D'Onofrio! <laughs> like he's, I noticed his name in the credits, and I had to go back and find him. Doesn't look he? Bad. He is older than I realized. Like looking at his uh, his Wikipedia entry, sixty two. Wow. Yeah. Oh, Michael Clark Duncan played him in Daredevil. Uh, yeah, for the uh, the Ben Affleck daredevil movie the uh which the director's cut of that movie is actually surprisingly good like it added in a whole plot line that got cut from the theatrical version that like made a lot of stuff make more sense (laughs) didn't over explain it actually added to the story well has the pro like in the theatrical cut there's this weird jump like at the end when the cops are coming for for Kingpin, like there's nothing in the movie would actually explain why the cops are suddenly coming from Kingpin. Whereas uh, in the director's cut, there's this whole subplot involving a low level gangster played by Coolio, if I recall correctly, (laughs) that actually that actually explains why the cops start investigating Kingpin and why they're coming for him at the end of the movie. Coolio. Was he the one was he the guy that got pissed off that Weird Al did one of his songs? Well, specifically, <laughs> uh yeah, they've made peace since, but that was kind of a miscommunication has like normally Weird Al like asks permission and he asks permission from the artist directly. And that was a situation where he asked and had gotten the go ahead 
from Coolio's people oh. that he thought was from him directly, but wasn't. Uh, and that was why Coolio was like hot about that for, for a while though, as I understand it, they have made peace since and Coolio's kind of much more okay with, with that parody existing. <laughs> Cause what's, what is, what is the, the polar opposite of a gangsta? It's, it's, it's the Amish. <laughs> That's a no brainer. Well, and I know Weird Al always talks about the two artists he would like ask periodically when he had an idea that like never gave the okay, and so he's just never done. He's never done a parody of anything Paul McCartney. Yeah, was, yeah, Paul McCartney. And he's never done a parody of anything Prince. Yep, I've heard about both of those. Yep, I, I as far as I know, like they're the two most notable uh, standouts that like. Like I said, I think he he would go back to them occasionally if he had what he thought was a good idea and they just, you know, didn't care for the concept. That, though I, I know like him and other people have talked about how like for younger artists, it became kind of like you knew you had made it when you got that Weird Al parody. Yeah, that's that's a famous uh, Kurt Cobain quote, I think. Was it Cobain? Yeah. Like, like, like I know other people have kind of like said similar, but I can't remember where the, the quote originated from. So with with uh, Prince gone and and his family or whoever is controlling uh, uh, his stuff, selling his songs to commercials, do, do you think Weird Al would do it now? Uh, no, I mean not not if he holds to the stated rules he operates by. Like he can't get Prince's permission, therefore he would not it's do off, it. It's off limits forever. Yeah. Boy, I would love to hear some some Beatles parodies. That'd be great. Maybe Ringo will be the last, the, the last surviving member, and he'll give the okay. I mean, I think if any of them would, it would probably be Ringo. <laughs> Plus, he, I, I think he's gonna live the longest. He's the one that seems like he doesn't age. He's got some kind of a, you know, magic spell. He, he- on himself he he, <laughs> he 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 he's on whatever the rolling stones are on that keeps <laughs> them from that, that preserves them well you think he's uh he's doing the same drugs keith richards is <laughs> having his blood replaced i mean regularly. we'll know in a few years won't we for sure <laughs> yeah they're getting up there well we've brought we've brought it full circle back to the beatles <laughs> Oh yeah, I guess we did. <laughs> Does that mean we're done? Do you did did you have a, another game that you wanted to talk about or general um, so, review so, of the so PS5 th- itself? The the only other PS5 game I've played at all was the uh, the remastered version of the the PlayStation Spider-Man game, the recent one, which is really good. Um kind of like really good web swinging, really good story kind of a sympathetic version of uh of Otto Octavius kind of in the vein of Spider-Man 2. Okay. The uh, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man 2. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, cuz there's three of those you you got to specify. <laughs> there are yeah, there's three of those now. Uh, man. At least now that now that we're to a situation where there's only two of those lines of movies that have a Spider-Man 3. Since uh, Andrew Garfield didn't get a third one. Oh, he didn't? Yeah, he only got Amazing and Amazing 2. Huh. Um, and then that's when the Marvel talk started. Oh, okay. And I know I know at the time it was a major point of contention that Sony wanted to continue with Garfield, whereas uh, Disney wanted a recast. Well, like that held up those negotiations for a long time. When they would have made a third movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. basically. And then what? He got too old. <laughs> By the I time mean, he was almost thirty when the first one came out. I was like say, Tom Holland's, he started out. Yeah. So did Tobey Maguire. Like Tom Holland's the only one who was actually a teenager uh, when he started his tenure. Mm-hmm. He's though he's... I, I I'm still waiting. Like part of especially after Spider Verse is like I've talked about this. Like I grew up uh, with the comics of the eighties. Peter Parker was already kind of like a struggling adult. Like he had not been a teenager for a long time. And so especially after Spider-Verse where you have kind of like, 
you know, middle-aged schlubby Peter Parker. <laughs> I, 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 I want, I really want Spider-Man to get the Logan treatment where we just get this older version of him. That's like super struggling to like lead a good life. <laughs> I still have to see that. Spider-Verse? Logan. Oh, Logan. Oh, Logan's so good. That's what I, yeah, I know. I know. But I went looking for it and couldn't find it at some point in the somewhat recent past couldn't couldn't figure out where to stream it i i must not have had disney plus well and it might have fallen at least temporarily fallen in the gaps when uh disney was still in the process of uh acquiring fox can i watch that one without seeing having seen all of the the x-men and wolverine movies before it I mean, obviously, it uses a lot of the same actors, but like, I believe as long as you have like kind of the basic knowledge of who the characters are, I think it still works really well. Because I think I have seen two X Men movies, or or no, one X Men movie and one Wolverine movie total. <laughs> couldn't yeah, tell you, the, couldn't the, tell you the, which ones the, though. <laughs> with the unfortunate, the one with the unfortunate version of Deadpool that no one talks about. That was also played by Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> the one with no mouth yeah <laughs> the one where he was so like yeah where the stated reason they had sewed his mouth shut was he was so chatty he annoyed the scientist and they took away deadpool's defining characteristic <laughs> that 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 uh that scene there's a scene from that in at the end of deadpool 2 right when he's time traveling and cleaning up the time yeah where he, he encounters that version of himself yeah and then he uh he shoots ryan reynolds in the head when he's reading the script for green lantern yeah yeah <laughs> oh so good there was uh the, I, are you familiar with the uh youtube series how it should have ended no i mean i might have heard of it but i haven't watched it, it, it they do animated videos kind of poking fun of like flaws in movies and be like here's what really should have happened like in a really comical way and like they have this running element at the end of superhero movies called super cafe like it started out with batman and superman like hanging out drinking coffee and then like after any other superhero movie like usually the hero of that movie will be there hanging out with them uh, and after one of the dc movies is it's a bunch of them uh talking about uh, one of the like early like Superman or Batman movies, like talking about a possible Justice League movie and all the people who might be there. And at one point, Green Lantern from the live action movie appears and is like, hey, how about Green Lantern? And there's this long, awkward pause. And then he like takes off the costume and puts on a Deadpool costume is like, just kidding. I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> Yeah, even if you never watch the rest of how it should have ended, the uh, the the hero cafe and the villain pub shorts are really good. Okay, I'll have to check it out. All right, does that about do it for today? Uh, I don't really have anything else. All right. Well, Josh, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me again. And, it was uh, fun as always. And you and everyone listening. Let's see, this episode drops on Wednesday. That that I know. <laughs> it's always Wednesday. <laughs> the, tw- the the December 22nd. It's the 22nd. Okay, so Festivus Eve. So have a happy Festivus and a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year and whatever the hell else there is. <laughs> enjoy the cold. There's a lot of them this time of year. But we hope you enjoyed the cold the cold moon. That was what the full moon was called from yesterday i guess did you see any uh uh, geminids uh i did not i i I wasn't really paying attention i wasn't really paying attention either and then and then whatever the the morning that those were happening you know early that morning I, i drove to the office and uh and i happened to look up at the sky right as one went like straight forward in front of me across like down the sky basically and I'm like, what the hell was that? Oh, wait. Yeah, okay. I think I saw something on the news of that meteor shower. <laughs> but for half a second, I was like, is it a UFO? 
<laughs> yeah, my 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 office day for this past week would have been the wrong day for yeah. it, and and I don't do early mornings on the weekends. <laughs> well, anyway, I hope you, everyone listening out there, saw saw a meteor or a full moon or gets gets the present that they wanted. We hope that you, everyone out there, gets gets their PS Five that they've been hoping for. <laughs> <laughs> good luck and uh hope you get to see all the movies and the tv shows that 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 you want and uh and you get to eat all of the lovely food and stuff that you've been thinking about <laughs> trying to be as generic as possible i got my birthday bacon again this year and had some uh last night for dinner it was excellent as always thank you new skis <laughs> you'd like to sponsor the podcast just kidding anyway <laughs> <laughs> now now's the point in the show where you josh ask me mike where they can find us where can they find us mike i'm glad you asked they can find us at nerdburgershow.com email us nerdburgershow at protonmail.com join us next time when dr Lori joins us for a post Christmas wrap up of what happened for us at Christmas because she's my family and you hang out with your family during Christmas, right? At least you're supposed to. That's what I remember from my childhood. <laughs> <laughs>